Alright, good evening everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. We like to say praise the Lord as always and thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. And before we get started, I want to just take a look at that saying. I always say it week in and week out. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living because a lot of people don't wake up. A lot of people don't have another chance to get their acts together. So it truly is a blessing that we make the wake up list every morning, that we actually have a chance to get another chance to get our acts together because we are all deserving of eternal damnation for the sins that we commit. But God's grace and mercy is always covering us and giving us another chance. And why is it always in the midst of destruction or a drastic event has to occur for us to send our thoughts and prayers to someone or to look at our friends and look at our family and say, I love you. I'm glad that you're still here. As many of you guys know, this past Sunday, we lost the NBA legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi and seven other members in a deadly helicopter crash. And now everybody is saying, oh, I need to hug my loved ones tight. I need to hug them closely and tell them I love them, appreciate them while they're still here. We should do that all the time, not just when something drastic happens. We should definitely let our loved ones know that we do love them and that we do appreciate the things that they do. I remember <laughs> I was sitting in first grade during 9-11, when that happened and, and I remember all the teachers running around going crazy saying oh my gosh oh my gosh and then um, the president at that time called for a worldwide day of prayer why did it have to take such a drastic event for us to call to prayer we should always pray and not faint so definitely a drastic situation that occurred recently so we should definitely all keep each other uplifted in prayer and that's all I really have to say on that. As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the hill. We find our joy in many, many places, many places. But what happens when those things are taken away? We should always look towards the hill because that's where our help comes from. And without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Banks so we can go ahead and get started with tonight's message. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, before we move too far, as always, we'd like to start by saying a prayer. If you are at a place where you can and will, bow your heads with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word, to grow closer to you, Lord. We thank you for how you brought us over into a new day, over into a new week, Lord, over into a new Bible study, Lord. We just thank you for that, that chance, Lord. We pray that we don't take it lightly, that we don't take it for granted, Lord. We're praying that we would all gain something from these Bible studies, Lord, that we would gain insight, knowledge, understanding, wisdom uh, in how to handle every situation in life, Lord. And no matter what it is that we're all going through, Lord, we pray that you would keep us reminded that there is joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, we're praying for our sick friends, our sick loved ones, uh, so many people going through uh, death, so many hard uh, trials and tribulations, uh, people going through theft, all kind of issues in the world, Lord. Robbery. Lord, we're praying that you would just keep us on track, Lord, to not focus on the storms, Lord, but just to keep us focused on you. We pray these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Um, before I get into the lesson tonight, I was earlier. <laughs> I feel like I've been running around all day. I was telling Melvin earlier. I hadn't really told him about it, but I told him I was running around. Uh, I put my car in the shop this morning because I was planning on going home again uh, this weekend. And uh, I managed to get my car in the shop and I went to pick my car up. And the guy told me a part that I had put on my car previously. It's only been maybe a few months or so since I've gotten this part put on. It was pretty expensive. Um, and he told me the part, the bolts, the bolts were loose. And I knew it was something wrong uh, because it, it's been driving funny ever since I got the part put on. And he said, yeah, the parts were loose on there. And so... In my mind, I said, all right, after I get my car back, I decided to get on the highway and I wanted to test drive the vehicle to see if it were indeed fixed. And so the speed limit is 65 and I get on the highway <laughs> and I begin to push it. I got up to 80. I want to say I got up to 90 at some point. I think I did. I'm not entirely sure. But. I'm on a two-lane highway, and as I looked on the opposite side, I saw a cop in the lane closest to me, and I was in the closest lane, <laughs> and so he kept going for a little. I said, whew, uh, I'm thinking I, I've dodged a bullet, and I saw him slow down and turn to cross over into <laughs> my side of the road, so Eventually, he put his lights on and caught up to me. And so he he pulled me over and he gets out and he said, um, uh, let me see your license and registration. He told me he pulled me over because I was doing 88 in a 65. And um, I began to tell him, I said, man, I just got my car. I said, I literally just got my car out the shop. I've been having all kind of trouble with it. And so the reason that I was speeding was because I wanted to test drive and make sure that my car was fixed properly. Properly, And I remember I picked up my receipt because I still had it sitting on the seat. I picked up my receipt to show him. The man didn't even look at it. He didn't care for it at all. He, he did not look at it. He said, let me see your license. He took my license back to his car and proceeded to write me a citation. And he told me what I need to do uh, to handle it. And so... I was, and I told the guy, I said, I know that has nothing to do with you. Uh, that that still doesn't excuse what I did, uh, being that my car recently got fixed. But after this situation, he, he was very short. He was very to the point. He really didn't care uh, about anything going on. But I said that to say this, on my way to the house, I, I was kind of upset. I wasn't mad at him. I was just mad about the whole situation. I was slightly upset because of how brief the officer was. And I was thinking about this in my car, but then God had to remind me that if you break the law, you are punishable. You deserve to be punished because... I began thinking about how God has operated throughout time. When we broke the law, he has punished. My mind goes back 
all the way to Adam and Eve. God punished them for what they did. And we're paying for it to this day. Even with uh, Achan, uh, when he was underneath Joshua, Achan, God told them not to take anything from these lands that they passed through. And so Achan, he still decided to take the accursed thing that God called it. He, he took uh, a garment, some clothing from these, these lands of people. He took clothing. He took uh, a wedge of gold. He took silver. And God was upset. God punished Israel for this. And so long story short, God told him, he said, they must die with fire because they broke my law, because they did what I told them not to do. It didn't matter why Achan took it. He could have said, well, God, the reason I took it is because the shirt that I had, my shirt had a hole in it. And this shirt, this shirt looked good. God did not care what reason. He said, if he said, don't do it, they were punished for it. And so all of these things, God began to remind me that if you transgress, if you break the law, you are worthy to be punished. So I could not sit here and and be thinking, man, he could have at least looked at the paper. It didn't matter if he looked at the paper or not. Still, I had broken the law. And so what happened with Achan in that situation was God had Joshua bring out Everything Achan owned, his tent that he lived in, the, the garment that he took, the gold, the silver, all the money he had, his oxen, his sheep, all of his other cattle, his, his sons, his daughter, his entire family, they all were stoned to death and burned with fire because they transgressed what God said. So I said that to say this, we have to be we have to follow what God says, because if we don't, we get on the wrong side of him. But I want to move into the lesson uh, because I sit here and talk all day on that. Um, we're talking about the hill tonight, and the hill is actually. This is what gives us grace. See, when the, the officer, when he gave me that ticket, he wasn't concerned about grace. He, he was just concerned about punishment. But God has given us an opportunity for grace. Even though we have done wrong, God is now giving us an opportunity to avoid the ultimate punishment. So that's what the hill is about. So we're going to go to Psalms 121, and we'll start at verse 1 here, and we'll see David talking. All right. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. Now, David here is talking about what Christ did. Christ went to Calvary Hill. He went to the hill. And that's where my help comes from. That's where our salvation comes from. That's where our strength comes from, what Christ did. Because without Christ's sacrifice for us, we would all be paying a punishment. 
we would all be paying the citation. Eternal damnation, that is. We would all be just like this guy was to me today. There would be no mercy. There would be no, I'm going to give you another opportunity. There would be none of that without the hill, without what Christ did for us. So David said he's going to look. He's going to lift up his eyes to the hill. Will you look up to the hill? Because in the um, text, in the description of this message, I was talking to one of my friends and they were telling me how they were going through some hard times because uh, something that they enjoyed, they could no longer do it. And we all have that mindset a lot of times. We, we, we fall in love with a spouse, uh, a loved one, uh, a TV show, a video game. I mean, it's so many things that we fall in love with. Uh, music. I mean, it can be anything. Clothing, our physical appeal. Uh, we work on our bodies. We say, oh, I look so good. But when those things get taken away from us, then we don't know how to live. We say, I don't have anything else to live for. But if we were to look up to the hill, if we were to keep our eyes stayed on Christ, he would keep us in perfect peace, even without some of those things that we felt we couldn't live without. He can cure our depression. He can cure our sadness with something that's temporary, or excuse me, something that's eternal. He's eternal. But our TV shows, they run out. The, the, the highs that we try to get, those run out. Everything that we try to get from this life is temporary. But Christ, he lives forever. So David said he's going to lift up his eyes to the hills from whence cometh his help. All right. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. All of our help comes from Christ. The Bob John chapter one told us he made everything. Without Christ, nothing was made that was made. Without Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, so many of us like to say, he went to the hill for us. And I want to go to uh, Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, to look at some things that happened at the hill. Because we, we know the story. I actually uh, started watching The Passion of the Christ again. I hadn't finished it yet. But I wanted to re-watch it just so I can see it again with my eyes. Uh, an image of what happened to Christ on his journey to the hill. Because even before he went, we know how so often they tried to accused Jesus of things. They tried to lie on him. They did lie on him. They they tried to they really tried to kill him even before they killed him. But the movie starts out and you see the agony. How much it had weighed on him, how he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. All these things are incorporated with the hill. 
So I want to go down. We'll start at verse 1, Melvin, if you will. All right, Isaiah 53 and verse 1. Who hath believed our report? Who hath believed our report? He, The preacher here starts by saying, who believes this? What the preachers wrote. Who believes the report that they gave? We believe the news. But who believes the, the report that the preacher gave? All right. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who is Christ revealed to? The Bible says he brought salvation with his own arm. The arm of the Lord is Jesus Christ because we know that's who saved us. We know he went to the hill to do that. All right. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. If he had been revealed to us, we would have known who he is. He had no, he was a tender plant. He didn't need anything. He was his own person. He didn't need anything. He, we needed him. See, people think, <laughs> people think that, we, we become confused about who Jesus is. And I don't even, I don't necessarily want to get into the Godhead. Let, let's just move on. I don't want to get too deep into the Godhead. Let's move on. He has no form nor comeliness. He had no form. He had no form. God is a spirit. But let's move on. And when we and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. We're not following Christ because of how good he looked. I know some people maybe, some people may be following him because they say, oh, he was a Jew. Oh, he was black. Oh, he was white. Oh, he was this. Oh, I know some people may be doing it, but the real Christians that are looking up to the hill, we're not following him because how he looked. We're following him because of what he did, because of the love that he showed us, because we know that it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. We know it was love because he said, no man takes his life. He said he laid down his life himself. And we know that to be true. Because if he raised the dead, if he raised Lazarus from being dead after four days, we know this man had power. If he raised himself from being dead three days, we know he had power. If he put on the ear of the soldier that Peter cut, Peter cut the soldier's ear off. If Jesus stretched forth his hand and put his ear back on, I know they couldn't kill him. If when they came to get Jesus, they asked, they asked for him and he said, I am he. And they all immediately fell down. If he did that, I know they couldn't kill him, even if they tried. At one point, the I can't remember if it was the Pharisees or Sadducees, but they took him to the edge of the cliff, and the book says he walked right through them. I know they could not kill him, so it makes me excited to know what he did at the hill. But will you believe the report? Will you recognize 
who he was. He chose to lay down his life. The Bible said for the joy that was set before him, he did this. He was happy to do this. So when I began to think about it, I know it seems like it was such a sad thing. And it was to know just how they beat him. Just how much they they hurt him. They bruised him. They made him bleed. I know that's sad. But when you think about how we needed this, how this was the best thing that happened for us, that should make you happy. I know the passion of the Christ was sad to watch. But if you can recognize, if it, if you allow God to reveal it to you, this should bring some joy to your life. This should bring you strength. You should know that your help went to the hill and did that for you. This should make somebody happen. All right. He is despised and rejected of men. We know he was rejected. We know they despise him. Yet he did it for us. All right. A man of sorrows mm -hmm. and acquainted with grief. Mm -hmm. and we hid as it were our faces from him. And we still hide from him today. But he went to the hill for our sakes. And we still hide our faces from. I know it took me a long time to come to Christ. I was running from him. I was hiding. The same way Adam and Eve hid. After they had transgressed. We sin and then we run and hide. Because we know we have done wrong. And we don't want anyone to point it out. We hid from him. And yet. He still reached out to us, yet he still went to the cross for our sakes. He gave his life for us, all right? And we esteemed him not. We, we esteemed him not. Melvin brought up the death of Kobe Bryant and, and the other people that were on the helicopter. And I began to think about it because... When someone who is, who is as famous as Kobe Bryant was, people esteem him. I mean, everyone was talking about his death. It was to the point where you didn't even know other people had died on the plane or on the helicopter with him. Because that's how much he was esteemed. But I began to think about do we esteem the death of Christ the way we esteem the celebrities, the, the people who we love the most in our life? Because Christ said we should love him more than any other, more than anything in this world. But I, I, I sat back and I just observed how much we esteem Kobe Bryant, and I'm not saying that's wrong to, to, you know, honor him. I'm not saying that. But do we esteem Christ to that magnitude? Do we esteem Christ to a higher level than that? Because what Christ did was much more than what Kobe Bryant has ever done for me. And I enjoyed seeing Kobe Bryant play, but Christ went to the hill for me. 
This person gave his life for me. And now I owe him to live for him. He, he bought me back with a price. So it says we esteemed him not. All right. Surely he hath borne our griefs mm -hmm. and carried our sorrows. He carried our sorrows. They put the cross on his back. Now this man had done no wrong. He had never sinned and still hasn't to this day. And yet he carried our sorrows. They made him carry his own cross. The very thing they would use to kill him. He knew it. And he still carried it. No matter how heavy it was, they still made him do it. All right. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Smitten of God. God knew this would happen. He sent his only begotten son in the world for this purpose. To redeem us. The, when we think of the hill, we think of our redemption. Our right to the tree of life. We didn't have a chance at making heaven without what Christ did on the hill. And so the Bible says Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God had this in mind since the beginning. He knew that he would have to send his only begotten son into the world to be killed by the very people he came to help. So God was pleased to put this punishment on Christ because we could not take it. What he went through, I know we couldn't take. I, I was talking to someone today. I said, man, it bothers me so much when people talk to me as if I'm an animal. In fact, they talk to you worse than you're an animal because their puppy, oh, they treat that puppy with respect. <laughs> they love that puppy. Uh, come here, little little Bo. I mean, they, they buy all kind of stuff for Bo. They put a nice jacket on him, a nice bow tie. They do all kind of stuff for Bo. He sleeps comfortable every night. He eats steak, shrimp, lock. I mean, Bo eat all kind of stuff. <laughs> Bo eat better than me. <laughs> Bo sleeps in the house with him. Might sleep in the same bed with him. King size bed. But to you, they talk to you like you worse than a dog. So I said, man, I, I can't stand it when people do that. And so a lot of times I have to. I pray that God would help me overcome these things. Help me to, to be angry and sin not. And so when we look at Christ, he's going to tell us this man didn't open his mouth. He didn't say he didn't say, look, stop hitting me. See, I know us. Every last one of us would be said, man, what did I do to you? <laughs> what you what you attacking me for? You better stop. <laughs> we would fight back. But Christ 
He took it. And he didn't open his mouth. Let's go ahead and read down, Melvin. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded. We know he was wounded. Thomas wanted to see the prince in his hands. He wanted to see the wounds from the nails. How they drove him through his hands to hold him on the cross. And we know that's painful. Gravity weighing you down. The sins of the world weighed him down. And yet, love held him there on the cross. Alright. He was bruised for our iniquities. The price he paid was for stuff that he didn't even do. And I know for a fact we hate when we have to pay for something that we didn't do. Every time you didn't do something, even if you cleaned it up, even if you straightened out the issue, you still let it be known. I didn't do this, though. You said, I, I clean it up. I fix it. But I, I didn't do it. I just want you to know. We know that's how we are. <laughs> we know it. I guarantee you, you that's listening, you that will listen, you said that statement. You said, I, I'll do it, but it wasn't me. Even if you didn't verbalize it, it was in your mind. But Christ, he was bruised for our sins. Not for things that he's done on his own. And yet he took it. All right. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Mm -hmm. And with his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Now we can see miracles all across the world take place. People being healed. And even more than that, by his stripes, by the beating that he took. Now we have an opportunity to the tree of life. Now we have a chance at heaven. Because before God had kicked us out of the garden with Adam and Eve. And he set up uh, a way for none of us to get back in there. None of us could get back in there because he set up cherubims around the garden with a flaming sword. And so Jesus had to take that punishment so that now we could get back in. What a price that he paid for us. All right. All we like sheep have gone astray. And look at how we repay him. We still don't follow what he said. We still go our own way. Despite what he did at Calvary Hill, despite all the love, kindness, affection that he's shown to us, he still, we still, we go our own way. I was um, talking with another person and they were telling me how uh, someone in their family, they were uh, mistreated. They were uh, cheated on by their spouse. And this person was upset because 
they knew their relative was done wrong. And so they began to tell me how now the person that did this wrong, now they're having a hard time. And so this person was happy to see the hard time being on the other person. I said, my God, you know, that's not the way God wants us to be. He doesn't want us to be happy because other people are having a hard time, even though we may feel they deserve it. But Christ paid for all these sins at the hill. What we should be praying is that God open this person's heart. Give them a mind of forgiveness. Allow this person to see how they have strayed away from you, how they have done wrong. That's that should be our mindset as a Christian. But despite how Christ bore our sins, we don't think he bore the sins of somebody else. We still hold their sins against them, but our sins, <laughs> we say he paid for them. <laughs> I don't know if he paid for yours, but he paid for mine. <laughs> so I have a right to be happy that someone else is suffering. That's not the way of Christ. We have gone astray. We have turned everyone unto his own way. We say that's the way it ought to be. They get they are getting what they deserved, and I'm happy about it. I hope they get some more. <laughs> we have turned away. That's not that's not love. If that were love, Jesus should never have died for us. He should never have went to the hill. Because you too have done someone wrong. You have done God wrong by disobeying him. After he has given us all of these beautiful things that we have today. We were on campus uh, the other day. And this blew my, this amazed me because I've never seen it there. <laughs> they have robots <laughs> driving around campus delivering food. My God. Good God from Zion. We have so much to be thankful for. See, these people had to walk in these Previous time, they had to walk miles upon miles. Now we have cars. Now, at the push of a button, you can bring food to your doorstep. Food that you didn't have to go out there and plant. Look at how much God has given us. But yet and still, we won't line up with him. All right. And the Lord, yes, uh, we have turned everyone to his own way. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And yet and still, God laid all the sins of the world on Christ. One man paid for our sins. He went to hell in our place. Three days he went down there. And you and I deserve to be there. And yet we still are hiding our face from him. 
we're still running, ducking and dodging, playing around, wasting our time, wasting the opportunity that God has given us for salvation. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, and we have started doing things our own way and still claiming to be following Christ. All right. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He didn't open his mouth. Sometimes I have a very hard time not opening my mouth. I've been trying and trying to get to a place where I don't have to say things because my mouth has gotten me in trouble before. So now I'm trying to learn how to keep my mouth closed. James told us the tongue, man, it's a hard thing to control. He told us that. But Jesus, he had victory over everything. He knew how to be hit and not open his mouth. He knew how to be lied on and not open his mouth. And when he did, he said, Father, forgive him. He said the right things when he opened his mouth. What a hard thing to do. What a hard thing to do in the midst of the adversity, in the midst of being beat, tortured, tormented, spit on, humiliated. He said, Father, forgive him. Not only did he not open his mouth, but when he did finally speak, he said the right things. We say the wrong thing all the time. When I've seen Christian people, they get upset and they start cursing. They start saying the wrong thing and say, oh, forgive me. Oh, ooh, ooh, excuse my language. <laughs> we all, we, it was amazing the things that Christ did for us at the hill. He showed us so much strength because I know it took a lot. From experience, I can see it would take so much more strength to say, Father, forgive them than to curse them. It took so much more strength to not retaliate. But the Bible says, yet, he didn't open his mouth. Pilate, when he was uh, before Pilate, Pilate was continuing to ask him questions. And Jesus didn't open his mouth. And so Pilate told him, he said, look, you know that I have the power to crucify you or release you. And Jesus finally said something. He said, the only power that you have is given from above. My father in heaven, God gave you this power. And that's a profound statement because Pilate only had power. To crucify him. He couldn't let him go. Pilate wanted to let him go. But he couldn't. Because the scripture had to be fulfilled. And so Pilate was pressured by the people. He feared them. Even his wife. Told him not to have anything to do with that man Jesus. But. The hill. Christ had to go there. 
the book had already declared that he was the lamb slain. He was slain from the foundation for you and I. What a story. All right. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Didn't say a word. Knowing what would happen, he still didn't say a word. If you, if Christ has been revealed to you, this story is so much more greater. If you understood how he had all power in his hand, he told his disciples, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He had the power to do whatever he wanted. They told him, they said, look, he saved others. Let's see if he'll save himself. If you who you say you are, come down. We want to see you do it. Little did they know the man had power to not only come down, he could have put them up there. <laughs> In the blink of an eye, he could have put them up there. All he had to do was speak the word. See, this man is the same man that spoke to the wind. And said, peace be still. The disciples said, what manner of man is this? This man can even speak to the wind and the sea. The waves obey this man. This man had power. So if you, if Christ has been revealed to you, you can see the power of the hill. The power of what he has done for us. So this ought to make somebody happy. This ain't a sad story. This is a happy ending here because he rose with all power in his hands. In fact, he had all power before he went to the grave. He's always had it since he came in here. The book told us he was a tender plant. He grew up before God as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. Mary didn't do a single thing for him. He didn't need Mary to survive. They were gone for three days and they came back. They had lost him for three days in Jerusalem. They came back and found him in the temple asking questions, talking about the goodness of God. He didn't need them to survive. They said, look, let's go home. He said, I must be about my father's business. God, the angel came and told Mary that she had her savior. <laughs> if you, if Christ has been revealed to you, you would know he had no form. God is a spirit. So all of these things he has done for us. It's an amazing story. The best story ever written. It's an amazing story, all right? He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? Who's going to stand up for him, though? When you're going through hard times, when you have lost, when you feel like you've lost it all, will you look up to the hills from whence cometh your help? Will you see the strength that Christ had? The strength that you now should have in you because Christ has now got in us. That's why he went to the hill. He said, if he go not away, the Holy Ghost won't come to us. 
So by him going to the hill, you now have an opportunity to receive his power. That power is stronger than any atomic bomb, than any nuclear bomb. That power is stronger than any weapon of mass destruction, than anything you can create here on this earth. It's, it's more powerful than anything. And so to have that power in you, Christ did something when he went to the hill. See, he was at the cross. He was on the cross for three hours. And the Bible says there was darkness upon the face of the earth for three whole hours. And there was a war going on. There was a fight going on. We won't get into all of that. But there was a fight going on. The Bible says the earthquake. The entire earth began to shake. And they had no clue what was going on. But it was Christ at the hill paying for our sins. He took a he took a beating for our sins. Not only did man put a punishment on, put beatings and afflictions on him, God did it. God was pleased to do it. Alright? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. Mm -hmm. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. Mm -hmm. And he made his grave with the wicked. He made his grave with the wicked. We know that when he was on the cross, there were two other guys with him. One to his left and one to his right. And one of them began to mock him. He said, man, get us down from here. This man had it in his mind to go back out and do the same stuff. He wanted to continue living an evil life. But the man on his right side said, man, we deserve to be here. And he recognized, he esteemed Christ. He said, when you come into your kingdom, look, remember me. I want to be there with you. And that's what the hill was about. So that where Christ is, we now can be with him. What a story. So that now, now we could experience those many mansions that he talked about. See, some people, that's their dream in life, is to have a mansion. So many of us, our dream in life is to live a lavish life so that we wouldn't have any worries anymore, so that sickness would not strangle us anymore, so that death would not have an effect on us anymore. And that's what the heal was about. After he did that, the book says, death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? Christ has defeated death. Christ, when he went to the hill, he defeated all of our enemies. So if you could keep your eyes on that, you would recognize how much strength we actually have. If you can look up to the hill, but I know it gets tough because so many times we start looking everywhere else. The hill is up there. What Christ did, we know about it, but we continue to focus on the valley. We continue to focus on the things that seem to be right in front of us. We don't look up.
We look right ahead and look at our problem. And that problem seems to be so much bigger, but it's not above the hill. It's not above Christ. All right. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any decent in his mouth. Mm -hmm. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to do this. This was necessary. It behooved Christ to suffer. And to be raised again the third day. Christ had to do this. This is a beautiful story. I know so often it's taught as a sad story, but this is a beautiful story. This is what we all needed. This is the perfect love story here. See, I know, <laughs> I know we re we want to watch movies where uh, <laughs> this this guy he climbs up the the side of this uh, mountain or whatever castle to get the princess. But this is the perfect love story here about how Christ, he climbed up the hill for us. This is the perfect love story. All right. Again, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put on him to grief, grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Mm -hmm. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God was satisfied with what Christ did. God was satisfied. And so, like I said, we should be happy. Because this is truly magnificent. All right. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Mm -hmm. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He's made intercession for us. So now, now God is no longer angry with us if... We keep our eyes focused on the hill. If we remember what Christ did for us, if we stay within his will, we no longer have any worries. No matter what life throws at us, God is still satisfied with our lives. Because when he looks at our life, he's going to look at what Christ did for us. So I won't I won't talk any longer. I'll turn it back over to Melvin, but in my last remarks, I pray that we would stay focused on the hill. Stay focused on what Christ has done for us because he has done more for us than anyone else. He has done more for us than anyone else in this world. So I, I, as Isaiah said, who will believe the report? Who's going to declare him in their generation? We only have this life. Some of our lives are ending quicker than others. But will you declare him in your time, in your season? Will you declare him?
I'll turn it back over to you, Melvin. <laughs> you know, I was listening um at the message and we went over one of uh, one well a verse that I like from the um, <laughs> prophet Isaiah, <laughs> the eagle-eyed prophet, as they call him, and um, they call him that because he described Jesus way before Jesus even came on the scene, and. <laughs> I don't know if this is too deep, but those dark hours that Tony mentioned earlier, they said the earth was dark from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. It was darkness. And um, Jesus went back to the garden. And guess who saw him on the way back there? <laughs> Isaiah. Now, how is that so? Isaiah, thousands of years before Jesus even came on the scene. But God allowed him to see these things. And that's why they call him the eagle-eyed prophet. But he says... Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. See, many of us call ourselves Christians. We were first called Christians in Antioch. And that means Christ-like. So, like Christ, obviously. But we, have, we are so far away from being like Christ was. Because people were hitting on him, beating him up, making him bleed, cursing him, mocking him. And for us... To, that call ourselves Christians today, let any of us even do a fraction of the things they did to Jesus to us. And we cursing them out. We're trying to get back at them. We know the scripture, vengeance belongs to the Lord. So they'll definitely get what they got coming, but it shouldn't be up to us to determine to get revenge on them. And another thing, definitely our tongues can get us in trouble. The uh, verse Tony brought up earlier, the tongue can no man tame. It is is definitely a hard thing and something that I used to definitely struggle with. So nowadays, if some something somebody does or something somebody says upsets me in any way, I just keep my mouth shut. Because the words definitely do have power. And when we get upset, we are only upset for a little while, but when we get upset and we say things that hurt other people, that hurt most likely will last a lot longer to them than for the minuscule amount of time that we're mad for. So it's definitely best to just, just keep our mouths closed in those situations. Be angry and sin, not sprinkle our words with grace. I know we all remember our moms, our parents used to tell us, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. And it took me a while to get to that point. But um, it's all God definitely helped. And fasting and praying definitely was a was a big help in all of that because I used to be terrible, terrible at that. But um, that's all I have to add. I don't have much to say. So um, Lakeisha says me. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we definitely hope that you um, got something out of the message. And for anybody who listens on the podcast later, we definitely hope you get something out of it as well. That is our goal. Uh, we've been doing this for 52 weeks now. So if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you. And even whenever you come along the scene, thank you for watching and thank you for listening. And I see we don't have any other comments or any other questions, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Remember, um, we should not wait when tragic ha accidents happen to show love and affection to everybody. Not even just our family, just our friends. Jesus was kind to everybody. 
those who those who do the will of my word, that's my mother, that's my sister, that's my brother. Everybody who obeys him. And for us to call ourselves true Christians, we have to be like him. Do what he did. But that's all. So again, thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back again next week with another topic. Uh, we pray that you guys have a blessed and safe weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.